Let's start. And welcome to all of you joining us for this webinar. I'm your host today. My name is uh, Stephen Choi, the director of uh, HNWI Private Limited, a wealth consultancy firm. And today our topic is how to make your business thrive in tough times with a holistic risk management approach. And then our objective is to share ideas for transforming challenges and crises into opportunities. Let's have a look at our agenda for today. What I will do is I will let the speaker to start. Okay, Andy, maybe you can start. There you go. Can you hear me? Yeah, thank you. Great. So thank you, Stephen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our seminar, How to Make Your Business Thrive in Tough Times, Holistic Risk Management. My name is Andrea Romano, and I am the Executive Director of BSB Finance Group Corp. Limited in Hong Kong. Our remark, the ideas I introduced today are my own and not necessarily my employer's. Today's presentation goal is to provide you with the basic ideas of a holistic risk management that prepares you for the next crisis and builds the foundation to profit from it. We will start with an introduction to the three level of action. Then we will quickly go through the possible crisis scenarios. We will discuss how to make your business more resilient. We will introduce the concepts that allow you to turn a crisis into a opportunity and eventually how to achieve success. The three levels of action. The slogan of these three levels of action is borrowed from football. Defense, transition, and attack. Winning by counterattacking. Today, I would like to, to provide you with the seed idea of a holistic risk management approach with the goal of not only protecting your company during tough times, but also to thrive during a crisis. That's the reason why we have identified these three levels of action. The first level is to make your business resilient, to defend it against any crisis. The second level is to successfully adapt and position yourself to gain from a calamity. To do this, you need to plant the right seeds, the right ideas into your organization, which leads to the third level, which is success. Resilience, attitude to change, and strategy allow you to benefit from a crisis while your competitors are losing market share and profitability. Our approach goes beyond business continuity planning, BCP, which typically focuses on a specific risk scenario and it has the goal to reach out our level one, resilience. BCPs may lack the interconnection and complexity of real life 
Instead, our goal is to have an organization able, able to withstand any crisis. Not only that, with the right approach, you should be put in the condition to prosper from a crisis. That is, to position yourself to be successful in terms of gains in market share and profitability. In our approach, we have a basic assumption. We have limited capacity and we cannot predict the future. I can tell you more. Based on my experience, the key to success is to establish the right mindset into your organization, meaning the right proactive culture, the right spirit to face challenges. The attitude to build resilience, adapt, and be quick to seize the opportunity. It is a constant, relentless exercise. This culture needs to be absorbed at the highest level of the company. Otherwise, all the efforts are in vain. The one you see in these slides are some current scenarios you should be aware of of while assessing risk in your organization. We have pandemics, meaning not only the current COVID, but other possible ones. We have uh, government defaults. We have a uh, Great Depression. We have a high inflation. And then there are others like uh, currency devaluation, the end of the fiat currency system, World War III, etc. Our goal today is not to discuss them in detail, but to keep them in mind all the time. These are expected crises, meaning that, even improbable, there is a chance these scenarios will happen. In other words, they are not impossible. Keep a critical eye on what's going on and what are what consequences these scenarios can have on your organization. Are you ready for them? What are you doing to get prepared? Do you have a BCP in place? Have you done your stress test? Please also keep in mind that a crisis can trigger another one meaning that you can single out a risk scenario and analyze the impact on your company. But you should not forget that this scenario triggers other events. Therefore, your approach must be more holistic. Example, a pandemic triggers a Great Depression, which may trigger high inflation. I am sure companies have been prepared for the pandemic scenario for several years. You have stockpiled masks, hand sanitizers, gloves, etc. You were ready with your work from home strategy. Your technology department had put the IT system in place for that. But were you ready for a dramatic reduction of the demand caused by the lockdowns 
and by the government's response to COVID. Some industries have been completely annihilated. The demand has vanished. In other words, isolating a single scenario and analyze the impact is a good start, but not enough. It would be best if you go farther by establishing a more comprehensive approach. Eventually, you need to create a core, a resistance in your organization that stands against any crisis. Then there is the black swan, the question mark in the slide. Something you cannot forecast and predict. The impossible. You need to be resilient in your organization and let it be exposed to positive shocks. Crisis can become an opportunity. In other words, be prepared for something you have not thought of and possibly benefit from the havoc the shock will cause. To conclude this part, another suggestion is to pay a very close look at the government's policies and action. By government, I mean its definition in a broad sense, which includes central bank. Governments are a major cause of unexpected shocks that have a profound impact on businesses. Please always pay attention to government's messages. It, they, it may help you anticipating some moves and getting ready for changes. How to defend your business? The core of our approach is to defend your business and to build resilience to overcome any crisis, expected and unexpected. We have already discussed the BCP, which we said tends to focus on isolating a risk factor, analyze its impact on the company, and prepare a response. As we said, it's good, but not enough. When a crisis strikes, the real situation is more complicated than your single scenario BCP response. Eventually, you need to realize that it is not possible to predict every scenario. Something unexpected can happen. It is also expensive and time-consuming trying to figure out every potential risk and try to understand its impact on your company. So what is the solution? It would be best if you focus on building a core resilience in your company which should stand every scenario, every, every crisis. Based on our experience, we believe that a real and most important factor in building a successfully resilient company is the culture of its human resources. This mindset needs to be instilled into the DNA of the company from the top down. The realization that ultimate success comes from a resilient organization needs to be clear to everyone 
anywhere in every decision. We believe that a few factors need to have the attention of the management at all times. Having these elements in place, well-established and functioning, not only allows you to defend your business, but they are the foundation of success, turning a crisis into an opportunity. We introduce only the most critical factors. We have cash. Liquidity will buy you more time to face the challenges. It is crucial to have some cash reserves. In case your cash flow is completely disrupted, you need to be able to survive for a few months with your existing cash reserves. Meanwhile, you should have some strategies ready to make your cash flow jumpstart, improve. The second point is to avoid to beware of the financial leverage. Avoid the debt as far as you can. Too much of debt can easily make your company bankrupt during a downturn. Have other sources of liquidity ready to use. Third point is about alternatives and differentiations. The plan Bs, the duplications, the backups. They allow you to have a ready-to-use alternative and to adapt quickly, respond, and crucially, lay the foundation for turning a crisis into your advantage. Insurances can also be a tool to protect your business. In the broad sense, a put option. However, pay attention to the financial strength of the insurer, the legal contract, and the risk cost effectiveness of the insurance policy. Also, a remark having alternatives to the existing suppliers, infrastructure, market, clients, etc., can be costly. You need to evaluate what is vital for your business and have alternatives and or insurance policies on crucial resources. Point four is about decision making. Have a crisis committee in place, a war cabinet with full powers, credibility and ready to act as fast as possible. A quick and efficient decision making process is essential. It allows you to adapt your strategy to the ever-changing situation. Last point is communication. The ability of your company to reach out to clients, stakeholders, media, authorities, etc. is fundamental. You need to be able to have constant feedback from your stakeholders. This puts you in the right condition to listen, to understand the new reality, and eventually to adapt to the new market conditions and profit from the ability to innovate during a crisis. So, how do we turn a major crisis into an opportunity? The key to creating an opportunity out of a crisis is to build an organization that goes beyond resilience. 
an organization that is ready to seize new opportunities, open to changes, keen on innovating. And here, I need to stress out that cost-effective innovation is the key to ultimate success. You need to innovate your products, markets, processes, distributions, channels, etc. to be able to benefit from changes. As a general strategy, your company should innovate and test beyond your comfort zone continuously. Would be best if you focus on innovations that are scalable and relatively cheap to explore and implement, meaning that you have an excellent upside potential and a limited cost. Basically, a call option. Don't focus on just one project, but spread the eggs in different small baskets. Try out different ideas as long as they have an above, the above characteristics, scalable and limited cost. I believe that a healthy company should dedicate 10-20% of its resources to the development of new ideas, innovation. As I look at what is happening these days, I can see a strong digitalization trend. Digitalization has the great advantage to be scalable, meaning that you are exposed positively to shocks with a limited downside cost. For example, I think about the digital marketing and its potential. The most challenging aspect of creating an environment that embracing innovation takes advantage of shocks is the mind attitude of humans resources. People tend to be scared of changes. It will help if you establish a culture in which the company continuously looks for changes, alternatives, other ways to do business. Executives need to lead on this. Committees need to be created to steal the company when necessary and to check that this approach is implemented. Employees need to challenge themselves constantly. The decision makers should ask themselves a few questions. Is my decision making the company more vulnerable or more resilient? It's one question always in your mind. And the second one is, am I positively exposed to shocks? Also. Have options ready. Cost efficiency cannot be the only factor to consider in decision making. Location and reliability are critical when a crisis happens. The general idea is to spread your risk to different markets, locations, and use different suppliers. This helps to build a more resilient network and avoid disruptions. As we have seen during the COVID crisis, the network disruption can cause big disaster. The decision maker should use some techniques to improve the efficiency of the process. Here we introduce just a few ideas. The first is that the management should have a problem-solving process culture. 
PSP. Its basic assumptions require the management to identify and select problems, analyze the problems, generate potential solutions, select and plan the solution, implementing the solution, and eventually evaluating the solution. Another important factor is to avoid common problems with decision-making. Examples are is regarding low probability events, oversimplify the issue, slow decision-making process, and the lack of commitment after the decision is taken. Another technique I would like to mention is the high-quality, high-velocity decision-making technique, which is based on simple principles. The first one is that any decision can be undone. While the consequences of failures are not zero, they are often more temporary than expected. Second, you should know what kind of decision you want to make. Less weighty decisions can be made with speed and competence. And the third point is most decisions should be made with about 70% of the information. These are the principles of the high-quality, high-velocity decision-making technique. And last, do not forget about learning by doing. Do not be afraid to make mistakes as long as they are small and have a low impact. That is, try to explore new things while keeping the cost low. So, how to achieve success? The previous slides should have given you the basic elements to achieve success. In the first place, you need to have a core of resilience in your company. We said that the key elements are cash, limited leverage, alternatives, decision-making committees, and communication. It would help if you also had a comprehensive PCP with few plan Bs ready to use. In the end, success is given by the company's culture of innovation and acceptance of challenges which allows it to be open to opportunities when a crisis strikes. Risk management should be in the DNA of your company, with the ultimate goal to limit the downside and have unlimited upside through scalability. This is achieved by building resiliencies and exposure to opportunity through innovation. Example, new technology. A quick decision-making process helps to adapt to new situations and to benefit from it. Eventually, your company will be better off than your competitors, and it will gain market shares, more revenue, and more profits. In conclusion, please get ready for the next crisis. Build your defenses and get ready to attack. And remember, every crisis 
brings new opportunities. Stephen and I are here to help you in these difficult times. We are offering consulting services on the following topics and beyond. How to build a resilient business. We have strategies that lead to growth and positive exposure to crisis. We can help establish the right, the right risk management culture. And also we can help you in decision-making strategies. Thank you for your attention. I give back the word to Stephen. Stephen, please. Hey, thanks, uh, Andy. So it's a question and answer session. Uh, yes, Stephen, the first question is, what do you see as the most important first steps in developing such a resilience playbook? We explained early in our presentation is you, you need to have on one hand side a clear focus on defending your business, concentrating on few elements which are crucial. As we said, uh, cash is of course very important. Uh, avoid the debt trap, having alternatives in place. On the other side, the decision-making communication allows you to face crisis way better. I think we have uh, other questions. How to increase the resilience in view also further cost cutting? I believe cutting costs is actually uh, something necessary in, uh, let's say, in the economic process. At the end of the day, the company needs to be profitable. Therefore, the company should focus on its core. I don't see cutting costs and uh, resilience going in an opposite direction. I think they all go in the same direction. So uh, you, you can build a resilient company based on your core principles and at the same time, Cutting useless Um May I suggest that uh, instead of we use the word cutting cost, perhaps uh, the, the more favorite word for me is optimizing the cost structure. Indeed. What you mean is that uh, when there is a cut of the cost, of course, there is a trade off. So uh, optimizing, uh, perhaps the direction will be. Uh, let's see what kind of trade-off uh, will be uh, more worth it instead of just cut. Yeah, uh, having a lean organization, it's uh, it's way more flexible, and probably you're able to to react quicker to to changing situation. One question is: What did these resilient companies do differently than their peers? Basically, focus on the on a core resilient factor, and on the other side, I think they have a very a culture of risk management and innovation in the DNA. So, companies that 
they are more resilient and they are open to changes and they are able to adapt quickly. They are probably successful. They survive the crisis. How to effectively move everyone's mindset to greater power? The, the mindset, the culture of the company has to be a top-down approach. So it's something that takes time and it is something that you should work on it constantly, challenging yourself at the top management level and constantly push your employees do their best by learning, by being proactive. They should not be scared of innovate, discuss new ideas. Um, any other question? To manage risk better, do you recommend that we invest more in risk management protocol and staff IT along this area or allocate more resources in this area? I would say that key of risk management are the human resources. So what you should really invest is to make everyone in the company aware of the importance of risk management. And as we said, it's something that has to come from the top. In terms of uh, protocols, processes, software, and so on, it, it really depends on the company. Meaning, I have seen companies that they had plenty of tools and uh, resources for risk management, but then at the end of the day, is the human resources that needs to use it. You know, be proactive and think where the risk is and uh, how to, to face it and, uh, and so on. So uh, it really depends on the organization. Yes, Tony has another question. Given that there are more opportunities now, would you recommend that we start our M&A or to wait till US election is over? Good question. Definitely US election is a big uh, question mark. Even if there is change, some strategies probably will not differ so much from the existing ones, meaning uh, the trade war against China will probably continue even with that. As for your M&A strategy, I think uh, there are indeed good opportunities now. I believe uh, you, you can start. Having some discussions with some. Uh, maybe I can uh, input my point of yeah. view. Actually, for my answer to address this question, I think it would depends on the organization. It's a matter of what are the existing business mix. Um, then, in addition to the existing business mix, uh, to add the M and A as uh, extra service offering. Then what does it mean to the uh, overall organization in terms of the potential upside and the potential downside? So, so I think that will determine whether is it uh, uh, suitable to add. And then related to U.S. election, actually there are strategies 
which the company can choose uh, to focus on the area which uh, both parties will have uh, a similar impact. So, so that is uh, so-called calculated risk, which uh, you can consider to take. And then uh, for those uh, industry which is uh, very binary, uh, having a high impact by the election result, then of course those you can decide uh, to hold, hold it on until the result is out. Okay, so since uh, no one will have anything to add, then we will consider this event a close. So thank you for joining us. So feel free to contact us whenever you need further assistance or, or more information.